0: Nope. Okay. See, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Nice. I don't think I'll need any more band-aids. Okay. I might need, like... Oh, Oh, see, that's exactly how I cut my finger the last
1: time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2 of the One New Thing Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Kukroos, joined, as always by my co-host and BTS superfan, Derek Wallace. Hey, how are you? Oh, not too bad, Derek. This week, we were tasked with whittling for the first episode of season two. But before we get into that, first week of 2021, how'd it go, Derek? How was your week?
0: Uh, it's COVID, dude. I don't do anything. I'm, uh, I'm in school right now for my last level of electrical. So it's, it's the COVID you thing. I sit at a kitchen table for eight hours a day on mute and with my camera turned off. And I just, I don't know, I eat breakfast there. And I, I I feel like Sisyphus pushing that boulder up the hill over and over and over again. Like nothing, nothing going on.
1: How about you? You know what? It's uh, the exact same on my end, but I'm not even in school, man. I'm just dealing with the COVID issues myself. I start a new job in a few weeks here, but past uh, the time right now, all I've been doing is a lot of social media stuff. Obviously, we're back at it. So we got... This Life going again, I got some comedy stuff going, uh, some skits and things, YouTube channel trying to grow that, but that's pretty much my days. That and a lot of frickin' just Netflix still. Should we start
0: talking about Netflix? I thought we might make it even one episode without it, but yeah, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) You're a busy boy. It's Whatever, you should relax however you want to relax. I'm not here to trash talk your chosen hobbies, especially in a world that doesn't allow you to do anything. So, get it. Get your Netflix right. Bro i'm i've
1: done been getting it
0: i've done been getting it
1: (laughs) but yeah the weeks are boring this part has been repetitive because we started this podcast mid-covid eventually guys i promise we are interesting people we will do something and this part won't seem like a waste of time
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's true this this podcast has entirely existed amid covid so here we go here we go well another year in the new normal yeah fuck man you made me sad (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, you know what? You don't, don't don't be sad. We're here. We are. We're recording a podcast. We're doing a bit of day drinking. Uh everything's great. Everything's good.
1: Let's brighten it up 100%. So <laughs> Speaking of the new normal, I wonder if whittling is going to be a part of your new normal, Derek, that's what we were tasked with this week. A little bit of woodworking, working with our hands right up your alley, about 10 blocks from my alley. So when I announced the first task this year, what were your original thoughts? What did you kind of feel going into this? What did you think of, of deciding to do this task?
0: Well, okay. My whole MO, you know me, I love is subverting expectation. Whittling is something that like, like I own tools as a start that's already putting me in the right direction. And so I thought it would be hilarious to take something that I should objectively be pretty good at and just do a super trash job of it. And so I started trying to whittle uh, the world's tiniest spoon out of a Jenga block. And so
1: bro, bro, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know this because you don't watch my live streams, but we were on this very bedroom. We just did for Christmas. We were going through the top selling toys from 1984 to 1995. And Jenga was one of the top selling Christmas season toys. And immediately that's where my head went to though. I was like, it's just fucking blocks. Like, I'm going to grab a knife and whittle one. So the fact that you tried to Jenga whittle a spoon is hilarious.
0: Yeah, here's the problem with Jenga whittling. Softwood, it's split on me. It's split on me hard. It is not intended to be whittled. It's intended to be stacked. Here's something you don't know about me because y'all were in the States at the time. But did you know that I founded, well, co-founded and emceed a Jenga club while I was in university? I did not know that, but I am not
1: surprised nor shocked by that revelation we just had.
0: It was called the Brandon Jenga Society, or BJ's for short, and uh, Premier Greg Selinger played in one of the games.
1: Oh, did he? Did he win?
0: No, Premier Greg Selinger is awful at Jenga. Ah, uh,
1: see? Publicity stunt gone wrong. I hope he got real mad and said something derogatory to a waitress.
0: Well, he was like he was like in the university trying to like campaign to students, which I don't think is alright. And so he was, like, doing a question segment, and I got in there and put my hand up for the first question because we were playing Jenga, like, literally ten feet away from his campaign. And I was just like, hey, do you want to come play a round of Jenga? And he couldn't say no. There were cameras there. Could you imagine he was like, no, I don't play games with kids. (laughs) Did you put, like, the local
1: Jenga champion against him, or did you take on the task?
0: Okay, so it it was basically we all played in a circle, and whoever knocked it was eliminated until eventually we were left with one. And so technically, Greg Selinger didn't win or lose. He didn't knock the tower over, but he also left after one tower fell. So.
1: Oh, so he's just not a finisher.
0: No, he's not a, not finisher. a
1: finisher. After deciding to try and cheat the system, make a spoon out of a Jenga block, obviously that didn't work. You had to do a little bit more preparation than that. How'd you prepare?
0: Well, I hopped on the old Amazon co-sponsor of this podcast. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Uncle Jeff. <laughs> I'm a, I'm more of a fan of the missus, because
1: she has less responsibility and half the money. So
0: Facts. Uh, but zero of the whittling knives. So I talked to Uncle Jeff, and Uncle Jeff nailed me a set of whittling knives. I didn't want to go buy wood, because it was a chore, and I had leftover wood from a previous project I'd been doing here. So I started trying to whittle that. And I very quickly learned that trying to whittle an exceptionally hard wood is a fucking disaster. I just, like, I'll put a picture on Instagram. I cut myself pretty severely. If you look at my hands, Ryan, they're all super glued back together. <laughs> um, I, I bled all over the place. <laughs> I was doing more damage to myself than the wood. In fact, I still have it. I abandoned it uh, after my, like, second severe cut and moved away from the hardwood, and I decided it would be a good idea for me to reach out to somebody who actually knew what the fuck they were doing.
1: No, yeah, that's always a good idea. It sounds like something you should have been good at with a disaster uh, right away, so who'd you reach out to?
0: Well, I got on the phone with Meg Boudreau from at whittling stuff on Instagram and uh, asked her a few questions. So first and foremost, Meg, I got to ask, how did you first get into whittling?
2: Actually, my grandparents whittled. They were wood carvers. I have a slight Scandinavian background with my grandmother. The last name was Lundquist and they were big figure carvers. They used to carve caricatures and animals and they were big into the whole santa carving i'm sure you've seen that on instagram oh for sure my Um, mother collects yeah yeah. so when i was little i kind of got influenced by them but i never thought much of it until i got into my adult years and i was like hey you know what i'm gonna give that a shot and just kind of fell in love with it it's such an accessible and fun hobby to get into
0: Right. I mean, there does seem to be such a heritage element for so many wood carvers I've looked at on the internet so far. Um, it's definitely one of those old cultural art forms that you don't see so much of anymore. Do you find that it helps mm-hmm. kind of connect you to your Scandinavian heritage?
2: I think so. Yes, especially now that I've gotten more into the spoon carving side of things and the whole Sloyd culture and the greenwood culture. That has been a big thing with the Scandinavian and the Swedish heritage too. So
0: I guess in kind of the vein of me, me myself being a beginner, do you have any tips that I should know before I get at my first uh, spoon?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so thing like. You want sharp knives, and you don't need anything crazy. Honestly, it can be as simple as one knife and a piece of wood. You can get the piece of wood if you live near a woodland or there's some trees that are dropping some branches. You can do that, or you can purchase wood as well. But the biggest thing is just make sure the knife is sharp. I feel like people have probably heard this before, but a dull knife is a dangerous knife, and it's just no fun. So Just make sure that you get something nice and sharp to start with, and you'll you'll have a blast, really.
0: So you're saying any wood I can find in the forest or purchased wood is good. Is there anything better or yeah. worse for a beginner, something softer? Um, beginner, or...
2: if you can afford it and if it's something that you're interested in and you want to take it super serious right from the start, I would recommend starting with basswood. That's like the wood carvers go to. Um, it's a very, it's relatively soft, so it's easy to carve. It holds details really well. And the grain is really straight, so there's no surprises as far as the grain direction. You can purchase it online through different people. I recommend Heineke Woods. They're in Cumberland, Wisconsin, and they have a great product. They're a family-owned business, and they just they have amazing basswood, like simply amazing. So if you if you can afford it, you can swing it. I'd say check them out. They're really cool guys, and just yeah, you can't go wrong with them. And um, I mean, pine, if you if you don't live near like a forest or a woodland and you're more of a city dweller and you have access to a Lowe's or a Home Depot or a hardware store that sells lumber, I know it's not ideal, but pine isn't bad. Like just like a nice untreated bit of pine would be perfectly acceptable for a beginner just to get started. Somebody anything that's that. not super hard. You don't want oak. You don't want anything that's too dense. It's going to really kind of... Kind of suck. So,
0: well, uh, personally, my um, whittling knives or carving knives came in, and I had a piece of maple kicking around from a previous project, and I decided to start trying Mm -hmm. with that. And goodness, that (laughs) was—I mean, bordering on dangerous for me because I didn't know what I was doing. So, (laughs) certain types of maple could be super unforgiving. Yeah, definitely.
2: If anything, sugar maple would be the easiest, and that's getting into whole nother wormhole as far as wood types, and, and so we don't have to get into that now, but <laughs> yeah, as you go along, you'll, you'll probably want to branch out and try different things um, as far as wood.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's all very interesting. Um, now, well, what's, we're kind of getting beyond just the beginner processes here. What do you feel that woodworking can teach a person?
2: Oh, patience above all else, honestly, because when you start off, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try and emulate this woodcarver that I see on Instagram or on the internet and expecting this awesome outcome of this, like, maybe you're carving a figure like a gnome or something, and then it doesn't really turn out the way you expect. And just being patient with yourself and just giving yourself the time to learn and the time to grow as a woodcarver. It's definitely, there's a lot of techniques, a lot of safety concerns that you got to keep an eye on. You don't want to be cutting yourself. And (laughs) so it's just a whole patience game and just enjoy the process. You know, don't beat yourself up if things don't turn out the way you expect them to right off the bat.
0: I can Um, definitely imagine that's, I I mean, as with anything, uh, you've got to be able to take your first kind of foyer into it with You know, a bit of patience. But once you, Um, I mean, get in some of these projects, I've been looking at your Instagram, and some of these must have taken, you know, hours if not days. Do you find that once you're deep in the throes of a project, it becomes meditative? Or where's your headspace? Oh,
2: without a doubt. I think that's one of another reason why I've stuck with it so long. It is a real form of meditation because you get lost in it, and you really do have to pay attention to what you're doing. So everything else kind of falls away, and you're just you, you, and the project you're working on, and it's kind of beautiful all of a sudden you look at the time and you're like whoa <laughs> like you know three hours went by when the heck did that happen yeah. um, without a doubt yeah definitely a good mental health thing you know for people that are looking to de-stress a bit
0: well I know my co-host and I were always looking for kind of ways to find therapy and all of these new activities so it's great that mm-hmm. uh, great that that's something that can be found here in woodworking and just um, one last question before I let you get on with your day there Meg Sure. Um, you touched on it briefly, safety concerns, but I'm about to hang up this phone and then get started at that. What are, what are some safety practices I should have drilled into me?
2: Yeah, sure. Just be mindful of where the knife's headed. Pay attention to the hand holding the wood. That one's the most vulnerable. Make sure your fingers are out of the way of the path of the knife and be smart about it. Just be cognizant of where that, that sharp blade's headed. And sometimes you blink and you don't even realize <laughs> and all of a sudden you, you cut yourself. However, that being said, as long as your knife is nice and sharp, it probably won't hurt that bad it probably won't be that big of a deal. Keep some band-aids on hand. You could purchase a cut resistant glove. They do sell those. Uh, They'll kind of help protect you a bit. They're not going to help with stabbing like wounds, but a slice cut, it won't cut through the glove.
0: And so you you, you keep saying um, a sharp knife is safer than a dull knife. Uh, I think I've heard that said of cooking knives as well, but do you mind explaining that a little bit?
2: I'm big into maintaining my knives. And honestly, one of the key tools that you maybe you might want to pick up or you can make it yourself is a leather strop. It's as simple as like a piece of leather. You can use an old belt even and cut a piece, like maybe a six inch length of a belt and glue it to a wooden board, a nice flat board. And you use a, what's called a honing compound. And you, it's usually in a crayon or you can get a paste. You rub it on there, and it's the microabrasion. It hones the blade and keeps the blade nice and sharp. And I do this before and after each carving session just to maintain the edge of my blades. It's easier. I know it sounds tedious, but it's easier than having to really resharpen the edge with like stones. It's hard to get people excited about sharpening and maintenance of the tools but yeah. it's going to save you a headache in the long run and it's a skill in itself. It's a whole other thing to learn and a whole other process and it can be meditative in itself as well.
0: Right, right. And again, preventative maintenance beats hard maintenance down the road.
2: Oh, for sure. Without a doubt.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking my call today, Meg. I really appreciate of it. Of
2: course. Yeah, thanks for having me, Derek. I appreciate you reaching out to me.
0: Hey, no trouble at all all right thank you so much and take right. care
2: great thanks guys bye-bye. bye-bye bye-bye all right that was a
1: great interview to start off with she really knew her stuff that scandinavian heritage did her justice in explaining things so after talking to meg after getting some tips and tricks uh how'd you go about completing this project derek
0: well after i mean she's from wisconsin i'm from manitoba I got to say, hands down, the most pleasant interview I've ever had in my life. I edited that goodbye down. We both said bye-bye and thank you like 15 <laughs> times <laughs> a piece. <laughs> very, very kind and knowledgeable person. Um, the amount of just like tangential speech giving she can do on every specific type of wood. I told her I used maple. She suggested like three kinds of maple. Like it just, she knows your stuff. And the big takeaway for me, besides like safety, which I really should have had before I started it all, yep. given the cuts, was that blocks of spruce or cedar would be perfectly useful. I thought that as like a soft construction wood, it might be a bad idea, but she said it would have been fine. And fortunately for me, my roommate or landlord or boss or whatever you want to call him is uh, renovating his basement. So there's a bunch of torn out old original house window sills, and I took one of those and I, I got to Whitland. Got to Whitland. I just want to note
1: before we continue that as soon as you mentioned Manitoba and Wisconsin and how friendly it was, you have gone harder into your Manitoba accent. I just want everyone to pick up. <laughs> I just want everyone to pick up on that. For the...
0: <laughs> no, here, I'll, I'll, I'll just stick it, stuff it back down deep inside. I don't want to alienate our American listeners. I am Derek from the One New Thing podcast. But yeah, as soon as I say Manitoba... <laughs> yeah, this is a this
1: is a global podcast, Eric. This is not just a Great Plains podcast, so stick it back
0: down in there. Shout out to that one dude in Korea consistently downloading our stuff.
1: We had 17 different countries download our podcast last year.
0: I think it's hilarious if maybe, like just maybe, people worldwide are using us to learn English as a second language. Could you imagine? That would be the best. So, equipped with what I learned from Meg Boudreau, I decided to approach a much softer wood much more safely. And immediately things were going better. I I built a spoon. I don't know what you made, but I built a spoon. So I just kind of drew a spoon from memory onto the wood.
1: (laughs) Bro, I don't... It's so funny because... (laughs) Because I tried to start this off, like, kind of lame, but not as lame as as laying out clothes. And, like, one of the first things we said is, so I drew a spoon from memory.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I drew a spoon from memory into this piece of reclaimed windowsill wood, and I got to slice it. Got a fucking beautiful mind over here. I don't know what your set had, but my set was, uh, like a hook knife, uh, uh, one of the pointy long, uh, what do you want to call it? Fuck, a wood filleting knife, a fucking carving, whittling, whatever. Whittling knife. And then there was like a little, I never used it, but a very, very sharp, tiny bladed one. And I had, I I imagine detail work or something.
1: Yeah, my... I skipped that
0: one altogether. Yeah,
1: my set had, like, the... It was, like, a short, like, fillet wood filleting knife and the hook blade. I did not (laughs) get, like, the little detailed one. But did you get, like, a little block of clay for no reason?
0: Meg talked about it in the interview. That's the, uh, the... You you cover... Okay, a strop is the little piece of leather you got. And then that little block of clay, you rub that on your strop. And then you use that to hone your knife. Uh, it's a honing crayon or something.
1: Yeah, I was trying to figure it out, but I just kept stabbing it, and I cut it into like a million pieces.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like this isn't sharpening shit. Can you tell we're professionals? <laughs> so I, I whittled my shit down. I I, I got uh, a little little spoon shape. Yeah, it, it went okay. I thought I was going to be a lot better than I was. I also tried to use sandpaper very very sparingly because I thought like whittling purists would say that you should just whittle it smooth I did end up using a little bit of sandpaper in the handle because I kept getting slivers. <laughs> but then yeah once I had whittled out a spoon I treated the whole thing with olive oil I don't know if that's what you're supposed to do I imagine there's probably a better <laughs> oil but I thought if I'm gonna use it for cooking and I need to treat it with oil I should use a cooking oil treated the thing with olive oil and yeah this was the result
1: oh wow That's a hell of a looking spoon. I will say that you clearly learned some things from last season because the picture itself is definitely shades of
0: Alex from the social media (laughs) (laughs) interview. You noticed that, did you? Can you tell that I drew that spoon from memory?
1: You know what? Honestly, I can because it looks a lot like a fork. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, it's it's a great looking spoon. And this picture, guys, you can see it on our Instagram right now. It's professionally taken on a nice pile of shavings and, and chipped wood. Those used to hold that spoon. There was a
0: time before I held that spoon that those shavings held that spoon. It's kind of like a father presenting his bride to me, the groom, the spoon groom. You could sell art the way you talk. Sometimes I swear to God, Derek, the spoon but you—you uh,
1: <laughs> you should. Uh, what for? Whom spoons will... the spoon groom? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a nice looking spoon. It's got a nice olive oil finish uh, on it. There's not too much I could comment. It's a nice looking spoon, Derek. Good job on the spoon. Thanks. I uh, I spoon good. Good spoon. <laughs> it's a hell of a spoon, my friend. One thing I will comment on is. How big of a block did you carve this out of? Because you have some chunks in that bad boy. Like, all my stuff is, like, little wood shavings, and you got, like, it looks like you took an axe to a block before you started
0: spooning this bad boy. Okay, so again, I built mine out of wood reclaimed from the basement renovation. It was a 1960s home. They used cedar around the windows because of its moisture repulsion properties.
1: It's a great-looking spoon. So how do you feel about it, though? How do you feel it turned out? Uh, are you happy with your final result? How did you feel doing this activity? Obviously, you know, we won't get into the full whittling experience until a little later. Hey, guys who haven't listened before, we do that at the end. But how do you feel about the end result?
0: Well, man, I gotta say, it turned out okay. I'm not quite a patient enough man for whittling. And there's a few, like, there's a chip in the in the spoon itself, like in the spoon end, from where I just kind of missed on a glancing blow stuff like that like if if i were to do it again and take it very seriously and only do it during moments where i wanted to devote my undivided attention to it i think i could make a better product especially with things like shaving out that handle which was just chunk after chunk after chunk after chunk i got quick and not so careful and i I did damage it in places and whatever else i think it's something i could improve upon but overall as like a a maiden voyage into whittling is concerned. it is got both a handle and a holder, so she is a spoon <laughs>
1: she is she's a beautiful spoon. <laughs> something we didn't really go over uh, too much last year, but I kind of want to go over right now is what do you think the retail value on a hand carved wooden spoon? Uh, what would you sell this product for
0: okay for first and foremost, i gotta take that answer in order to answer this question i got i gotta have you come with me on a mental journey, Ryan. My first answer, on Etsy, that spoon, Canadian made out of Heritage House Lumber, six bucks, easy. It's more likely to be sold, however, at the uh, Westman Swap and Shop. And for that, I think I could probably get a small jar of blueberry jam. Ooh, just a straight swap. Yeah, I Swap and Shop. I appreciate
1: that. That's what it's about. I appreciate that. That's nice. Well, how about this? Since it's episode one, I don't know how emotionally attached you are to this spoon, but I think we should put this bad boy on eBay <laughs> <and>
0: see what <laughs> happens. I'm not making an eBay account for that. <laughs> I have an eBay account. I will do it. We talked about Etsy. We talked about Swap and Shop. eBay, I think if we put it at Buy It Now for $0.75, cents, we might get as high as like $0.25. Cents. This, I don't think we should. You're going to end up u- losing money on shipping again. Bro,
1: honestly, it, one, it'd be worth it. Two, I think posting a link and having a mini like $9 bidding war for the first episode of season two would be pretty funny.
0: There's no chance a mini $9 bidding war gets started on this.
1: All right, guys, you heard it. Derek does not think his spoon can sell for $9. I'm hoping one of you guys jump in at 10 and then I only lose like 3 bucks on shipping, because it'll probably go to the States to go. I would
0: much rather leave it at a yard sale so that at the end of the yard sale, they're like, what the fuck? How did I end up with this awful spoon?
1: That's a great idea, too. But I'm putting this bitch on eBay. Stay tuned for the link, guys. Well, you did a fantastic job with the spoon. I still wish I saw the Jenga block spoon in completion. But we learned a thing, guys. Hey, if you take anything from this
0: podcast, don't try and whittle Jenga blocks. Or just do it more carefully than I did it.
1: Yeah, or give more of a shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my week, Ryan. Uh, how about yours? Whittling. How did that go for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, this was obviously my suggestion. Like I said in our episode zero, our intro episode in the season, I wanted to start it off kind of easy because we do escalate these things really quickly uh, at times and did not feel like, you know, painting the Titanic or anything by episode three.
0: Ryan, painting the Titanic. Is your episode three? Episode three, we're going to paint the Titanic,
1: right? Well, we'll see.
0: Is any of the Titanic still at the bottom of the ocean or have they excavated that yet? I actually, why don't I know that? Did they leave it down there? What happened with the Titanic?
1: Oh, it's still down there, man. They're not taking the Titanic out.
0: You think for like cultural historical purposes, they excavate. Is it called excavation from the bottom of the ocean? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Or is it just elevation at that point? Desubmersion? Resubmersion? It's aquatic excavation and it <laughs> <laughs> and it's episode 3 and if you want to talk about it you're going to have to wait until episode 3 day
1: no i'm saying i don't want to get there that quickly So I started off easy. So I went with whittling because I thought it would still be a challenge uh, for me because I am not a handy dude. I've been trying to do more and more handy things, but going into it, I thought it was a nice, easy task and I could afford the things that were on eBay. (laughs) So that that was my thought process on it. Now, as far as preparation goes, Derek, Mm -hmm. last year, I felt like I expelled a lot of energy trying to teach you about the history and the facts And the stats.
0: My therapist says I'm not supposed to let that hurt me anymore. And I'm supposed to be able to breathe through this. This is part of the process. Your value is not trivia. Your value is not trivia. And my doctor said for my heart health,
1: (laughs) I needed to calm down a little bit. So I talked to a therapist and she said, why do you get so angry, Ryan? And I said, Derek is just so stupid. And she said, well, why is that your problem? And I said, I don't know. I don't know why I make that my problem. She said, well, do you know these facts and stats? You know, do you, how do you feel about them? I'm like, well, I have all this information in my head, and it's just trying to explain it to, you know, such a slow friend.
0: And <laughs> infuriating. Fuck you, right? And she,
1: she said, well, maybe you should <laughs> just take a deep breath. Put on a soothing song, and don't let his burden be your burden. So you know what I'm going to do this year, Derek?
0: Facts and stats. Ryan, what the fuck? When did you get that made? That's so much more calming than last year. I feel... I feel at ease, dude. So what do you what do you got worked up for me, buddy?
1: Well, Derek, much like last season, we will be going over just some facts and stats of each week's topic, and we will go through them with yourself. Now, I don't have very high expectations for you, so do not feel pressure to get these right. Oh, here we go. Woodworking's been around for hundreds of years, but cannot be dated due to the fragility of the product itself. However, whittling can be dated Derek, when did the popularity of whittling explode in North America?
0: Um, I gotta assume it's got something to do with ships and bottles. So... Um, Victorian settlers. 1821. (laughs) (sighs) Was it the suffragettes, Ryan? Did they do it, Ryan? Was it the fucking suffragettes, man?
1: I just need to remember this season, Derek. What to expect of you. Derek, the Civil War brought together men from different states, and some would be whittling around the fire. The folding jackknife was common amongst the soldiers who, if one had a knife, was prone to be whittling. After the war, the returning veterans brought their whittling skills back home, amusing and teaching the children of their community the art of whittling.
0: Nothing says Industrial Revolution like handing knives to kids (laughs) post-war. Like veterans giving knives to children. It was a simpler time,
1: Derek. We all know whittling is synonymous with hobos. <laughs> Mr. Wallace, where does the name hobo come from?
0: Um, Hoboken, like New Jersey. Is it Hoboken, New Jersey,
1: Derek? I will let you attempt one more time. I'm feeling quite generous today.
0: Uh, wow. Um, it's from the old Latin word "home hobosile," meaning Derek, farm workers
1: were first called hoboys because they carried their hoe with them to do agricultural cultivation. The term was shortened to hobo and its meaning expanded, becoming one who traveled to find work and work where they found it. Many hobos whittled and would trade their whittlings for food and other necessities, some of which became known as tramp art.
0: It's funny because now I just know tramp art as a tattoo above the buttocks. (laughs) Amusing.
1: (laughs) Why don't we take another stab at a question, Derek? Whittling is also called the common man's art or folk art.
0: Why? Uh, because they don't let women whittle. Very clever, Mr. Wallace. For the record, I literally for the for the record, I literally interviewed a female whittler, and I know that they let women whittle.
1: Oh, you were just being facetious, were you? <laughs> yeah, right. The reason it's called the common man's art is because it was done by folk without academic education in the arts, but who wanted to fulfill a creative urge to create something with their own hands.
0: How adorable. Yeah, it seems so pedestrian to you, I'm sure, Ryan. But... Hmm,
1: quite, quite pedestrian. Derek, you are on quite the hot streak right now, so let me hit you with an easier one. Derek, Tilia Maracana, also known as Basswood, to common street swine... <laughs> is indubitably the most popular carving lumber. My simple-minded friend, where are you most likely to find this particular species of deciduous tree? If I'm going on gut instinct, Ryan, I'm going to say...
0: Northern Central United States.
1: Is that your final answer? Yep, I'm going to take that one as my final answer. First, First feeling, best feeling, Ryan. No, unfortunately, Derek, you are incorrect once again as even the most common of peasants knows the basswood trees are indigenous to southeastern Canada through the midwestern United States, stretching all the way to the eastern shoreboard.
0: Uh, so, like, 80% of what I said plus the word shoreboard thrown in there, huh? I love, I love this, new, uh, this new facts and stats thing you're channeling, Ryan. This makes me feel great. I'm not white-knuckle frustrated at all. Derek, where
1: would that lead us?
0: In a society when you only need to be partially correct? I don't even think this society needs to be partially correct at this point, Ryan. We have Twitter and podcasts for that. Hmm, amusing.
1: Basswood is so popular because of its performance during the Yonka hardness test, Derek. As a proud construction professional yourself, you are far more qualified than I to explain this test in layman's terms for the audience. Please proceed. The
0: Yonka hardness test. Can you spell Yonka for me, Ryan? Of
1: course, my dear boy. I know you cannot read. It's J-A-N-K-A.
0: <laughs> Sounds like somebody's fucking name. I'm going to assume it's something primitive, like they take a known hardwood and they push it against a different unknown hardwood and use that to delineate, suss out which wood is harder and place it on a graduated scale that way. Dear boy, these are not simple
1: cavemen smashing trees against other trees. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) We've come a long way as a society. The Janka hardness Test was created by Austrian researcher Gabriel Janka and measures the resistance of wood samples to denting and wear. It's performed by measuring the amount of force required to embed an 11mm steel ball
0: halfway through a sample. So they shoot steel balls at a wood and call it a test, huh? I could have been a scientist. Oh, I do beg to differ, but I suppose
1: it's quite alright for common folks to have dreams as well. Derek, basswood has a comparatively lower resistance threshold, thus making it perfect for whittling and carving. How many pounds of force are required to dent basswood, Derek?
0: To dent? Um, I want to say 0. 0.2... No, 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 that's, that's go, you're going too small. You're going too small. It is not ounces of force. I'm going to go 1.2 pounds of for pressure.
1: Oh, my dear boy. 410 pounds of force... <laughs> what i see that we're off to the same old same old tricks as we were going with last year Derek.
0: Uh i guess like this the tools and there's a fulcrum involved and it's a whole okay okay all right fuck off and thus this concludes our very first episode of this season's facts and stats oh well i mean my ears don't hurt as badly But my heart hurts more? But after I
1: researched and and I got myself educated, you should try it sometime. So yeah, so I I went about whittling. I did the same thing you did, man. I uh, called Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Uncle Jeff. Well, I called the missus, the former missus. Oh, Auntie Jeff. Yeah, well, and I got her her (laughs) to buy for me. So she sent me a, a little carving kit similar to yours, but I didn't get the detailing knife. I'm pretty upset that she skimped on that. Hey, guess what? I didn't have a renovation going on right near me. I had to order the wood as well, so I ordered a... Basswood whittling kit.
0: Did you get your basswood from Heineke Lumber in Wisconsin?
1: No, I did not get it from Heineke Lumber. Are they on Amazon? I don't know. Man, I think I should have checked this out beforehand. I just ordered stuff that would work, and so there was. Four one-by-one-by-four blocks, and then one two-by-two-by-four block. So I got all my woods, my assorted lengths of wood, I guess you'd call it in. Yeah, yeah, your your blocks. I got my assorted pack of blocks of wood in the mail. And I watched one tutorial, and I was like, this guy's way too advanced. I'm just going to start carving (laughs) some shit. (laughs) And so I was like, well, I'll do a trial run with one of the one-by-ones first. And I just started... Carving for no reason. I had no rhyme or reasons. Right. Went in blind. I love it. Went in blind and I started going. I was going to originally do a spoon as well. I quickly realized that I could not carve a spoon that was so short with the tools at my disposal. So then I changed it up and I was like, well, let's do something from last year's episode. I'll make a little baseball bat just for fun and <laughs> a, oh, yeah. a
0: little trial baseball bat. That's more of a wood-turning thing than a whittling thing,
1: right? Yeah, but I whittled a little baseball bat, and I was like, ah, this will take a long time, and it's going to get so small that I'll crack this. And then the more I whittled it, the more it looked like a pipe for tobacco or things like tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And I realized I could make use of this. So on my practice run, Derek, I'll just show you right now, I made myself a little tobacco or tobacco related products pipe it's almost like a fat one hitter
0: (laughs) you know what ryan that looks great it's been a long time since i kind of committed myself to pot smoking tobacco smoking Derek. (laughs)
1: this is a drug-free podcast
0: when i used to did I can see you put a shotgun on there. That's neat.
1: Yeah, that's for inhaling the
0: tobacco quicker. <laughs> for when you just absolutely fucking lutely need to clear your bat of tobacco into your lungs right this uh, goddamn second.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I put a little shotgun in my tobacco pipe, and I uh, put a little screen in here, and I decided this is a present for my brother. So Because he smokes tobacco? Because he's a big advocate of nicotine, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my practice, and I was like, all right, now let's make something for me. Let's make something for Papa Kook, all right? You did two projects. I did two. Well, that one I just started. This one took 30 minutes. I was just fucking around. No idea what was going on, because I had a project in mind, and I'll, uh, I'll show you it now. Now, I will say in making this, uh, one, these knives get dull way too fast. That was upsetting.
0: Well, you didn't even know what your honing block was for, so to be fair, you probably could work with that a
1: bit. Well, no, I cut it into too many pieces. It's no longer... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do I need to give you Meg's number? Maybe she could straighten you out here, the. Yeah,
1: I'm going to use a knife sharpening kit if I ever do do this again. But find out later about that. But I wanted to make a cool little project that I wanted to display in my condo. I don't have a lot of art around here, Derek. <laughs> I was like, what do I love? What does Derek love? Well, it'd be neat to show him. I did not cut myself nearly as much as I thought I would. I cut myself twice and required zero super glue. So that's a win. Yeah, that's a win for me, and I went ahead, and I guess I'll just reveal what I did right now, and I ended up making these little little
0: guys, Derek. Oh, no way! Uh, That's the the RTJ Fist and Gun.
1: That's the RTJ Fist and Gun. For those of you not familiar, get familiar, Run the Jewels is maybe the best active hip-hop duo on the planet. Quite possibly. I'd say Run the Jewels or Bad Meets Evil would be like most bomb active duo on the planet check it out so yeah i made two two little hands and painted them up gold and they will be displayed yeah it's, a, it's basically it's a fist and a gun symbol with hands guys
0: you'll see it check the instagram
1: check it on the instagram you'll understand what i made but yeah so that's what i did
0: rtj i love it that's nice
1: yeah that's what i made as far as the activity itself did i enjoy it you know, I didn't hate this one, but that that was my project, Derek, which leads us into my favorite time of the episode, next to pompously telling you about wood carving in the 1800s.
0: Yeah, get <laughs> fucked right. <Ryan>. Um-
1: <laughs> <laughs> my favorite time of the episode. It, it's where we evaluate what we did and how this impacted us. Uh, what's it called again, Derek?
0: <laughs>
1: so, Derek... The big three, season two, episode one, we back, all right? We the best! (laughs) We the best. (laughs) Speaking of we the best, did you put forth your best effort? What was your honest effort this time?
0: Honest effort on this? Okay, dude, I started three separate times. I cut my entire hand off. I look like Luke fucking Skywalker now. I'm gonna say honest effort on this guy... (sighs) Okay. Another New Year's resolution. I know it's been a while since we dropped the episode zero introduction, but another New Year's resolution. I'm going to take these ratings more seriously this year, and I'm going to give myself an honest to Garish 3.6 on effort.
1: 3.6. I appreciate that. All right. That's a good effort. Honestly, from you starting that many times and the finished product, I think that's more than a fair evaluation uh, for you. But speaking of evaluations, aside from having another utensil to eat corn pops with, what is your impact from this, the new thing
0: impact? How many points are you going to give to a permanent scar?
1: Well, it depends. If you're going to rate your impact on physical scarring, then five. But uh, that's normally
0: (laughs) not how we go about the new thing impact. I have a fair number of scars already. I don't know if this guy is going to count for five. I'm gonna give myself 1.5 for scarring and then two points flat for the projected nine dollars I'm gonna get for the spoon on eBay. And we'll give me a 3.5. 3.5
1: on the impact. I appreciate that. And the big question everyone at home is obviously fucking dying to know. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Wallace.
0: Yeah, Ryan. Will you whittle again?
1: Uh probably a little
0: bit. Whittle bit. I mean, okay, if we're being like if we're speaking practically here, I own whittling knives. And near constantly exposed to, like, scrap lumber. So it would just be irresponsible of me to say anything other than yes. Like, I'm going to be drunk around these things at some point. Or maybe I'll take him camping Ooh. and, you know, carve out little marshmallow sticks or, like, a little ladle. Do you know how, like, cute my girlfriend's going to think that is if we go camping and I make her a little spatula for the campfire eggs? Like, come on. Yeah, I'll whittle again. Of course. Of course, he says. If only just a little bit.
1: Awesome, man. Well, it, it's good to hear that he will, everyone. The answer you all were waiting for, yes, he will whittle a little bit
0: again. I mean, yeah, that's me, Ryan. You ready? You ready for this thing? This is your first big three of season two. Are you hyped? Are you pumped up? Fucking fired up, dude. All right. First and foremost, honest effort, Ryan.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I too am agreeing with you on the resolution. We did
0: not think like big picture scope. The number of like 4.5 and five ranked things that were inconsequential in the grand scheme. Exactly. And I'll be honest,
1: I started this one low because you made me do so many zany things last year that I knew my honest effort was going to be lower. I put in about a two and a half
0: out of five on that and will again. I mean, two and a half out of five is fair. I think that's a pretty realistic, and I'm glad we're doing this. It's going to make the rookie cards so much better. Sophomore cards.
1: I was going to say, yeah, we ain't rookies no more. Those cards are worth way less.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like 2.5 is good, considering, like, again, just think about the shit we got up to last year. We made radio plays, Ryan. You paid for multiple yodeling lessons, whittling a spoon, or in your case, a, uh, fist and a gun yeah just whittling and non-consequential like i can't even use mine (laughs) (laughs) it'll be on forever display which actually hey next question of the big three my friend what do you think the impact of your whittling experience is going to be on your life
1: yeah it'll be a nice coffee table edition or i might put them on my tv stand people will be like oh these are neat and i'll be like yeah i did that with my hand um but the impact of whittling on my life will be a solid one out of five (laughs) I just do not foresee my newfound addition of two weird knives as having a huge impact on my day-to-day operations as a human being. The impact is pretty low on this one for me.
0: You can carve out, like, artisanal carrots. (laughs) I could could use it as a kitchen utensil. (laughs) And now, provided you've got any amount of wood, you are never more than, like, an hour and a half away from a butt plug, so... (laughs)
1: splinter season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, do you think you'll do it again?
1: You know what? I was leaning towards no, but then when you talked about camping and I have them and just being drunk, especially during COVID times when, like, oftentimes you're on Zoom, but, like, kind of drunk alone, and I'm kind of a night owl, so people go to bed. Yes, I will whittle at least one more thing in my life. Yes, I will do this again, but I want to stress, stress. I am, will do this again out of, like, just boredom and availability, and not out of passion for the project. <laughs> I just want to stress that. But yes,
0: I will whittle again. All right. Excellent. And Ryan, you know what that means? What does that mean, Derek? That means we carved out episode one, season oh, two. pew, pew, pew pew, pew, pew. it's done. We did it. We're back. There's a couple cobwebs being shaken off, you can tell, but- the boys, we're here, we're fit, we're feeling good, we're looking good. I'm in a bathroom, you've got that green screen, we're drinking in the middle of the day, talking into microphones. It's fantastic. It felt
1: natural, man. This felt natural. You know what's not going to feel natural for me is whatever weird thing you make me do this week, though. Oh, it is my turn, isn't it, Ryan?
0: Now, I know it's kind of your shtick to talk about your Netflix viewing nonstop, but I gotta bring mine into this week. Ooh. Netflix dropped a new original series called Queen's Gambit. I watched it. You watched it. Everybody on earth watched it. It's good. And now I'm thinking about chess. And so Ryan, for episode two, I want us to practice up for a week and then we're going to go head to head in the first one new thing, direct competition. We're going to play chess. Oh, no. No engines, no Googling, no phone of friend, purely you, me, chess vacuum.
1: All right. I appreciate this one. We have not done a head-to-head face-up challenge. I appreciate that you established cheating ground rules because you are very good at making your way r- around things. I am not a guy who has played, I've, obviously everyone's tried chess in their life, but I can't tell you right. the last time I played a game and like
0: at with stakes on the line. My experience with chess is pretty limited as well. I play it, like, my dad and I have a standing annual Christmas shirtless game of chess, and that's about it. But otherwise, yeah, not a, not a ton of chess experience myself either.
1: Okay, here's a wager then. This is your thing, but I'm going to make you a wager offer right now, okay? The loser of this game pays the shipping costs that we're going to lose on this spoon.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I have to, I'll accept, I accept. All right, All right, fair enough. That's fair, fair enough. enough. All right, we're going with chess, guys. Chess off the hop. Do you want to go one out of one or two out of three? Let's do two out of three because there's a lot at stake here. <laughs> <laughs> there's nines of dollars on the line. If we're doing two out of three, we will do one white and one black start each, and then the last one will be ready. Sounds good.
1: All right. All right, I'm excited. I'm pumped. It's one of those games that I've always wanted to be good at or learn but never had the patience for. So I'm very excited about this one because we haven't done a head-to-head challenge in years. Not since you
0: dumped all that snow on me at Scott McDougald's house, and I still think about we're it. We're going to title that episode, Derek's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Big things in the pipeline, and not the least of which, Ryan, let me tell you, big surprise here. As I said last season, we're doing seasonal One New Thing t-shirts, and the season two T. she's signed, she's sealed, she's delivered, and she's up on the store that you can find in our Instagram bio. Oh,
1: dude, that's sweet. For
0: already? I think it's pretty cool this year. It's a little trendier than, I mean, last season. It's definitely whatever. It's definitely wavy anyways, (laughs) but I mean... Remember to check us out on Instagram at One New Thing Podcast. And a special thanks to this week's guest, Meg Boudreau, who you can find on Instagram as well, at Whittling Stuff. She recommends that if you're looking to take up whittling, you check out Basswood Mavericks Heineke Woods, located in Wisconsin. Family-owned business, great product, worth looking into. The Facts and Stats music this week was provided by Rebecca Juline and remember as always if you like this episode you can find more episodes like it wherever you found this episode that means apple podcast stitcher spotify google podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are streamed thank you so much for following us into season two and ryan yeah derek proud of you
1: proud of you too buddy The only real disappointment here is I don't own a rocking chair, and it's too cold for a campfire right now. Maybe I should just go buy a tin of chew.